0: After I released the episodes about Penhurst State School and Hospital, I had a number of listeners comment about the Halloween attraction Penhurst Asylum. I know many people who are big fans of that event. It's one of the best Halloween attractions in the state, right up there with Terror Behind the Walls at Eastern State Penitentiary. There are also some folks who are not a fan of that event. A few Twisted Philly listeners reached out and shared their concerns about hosting a Halloween haunted house in a facility where people were abused. I can understand those concerns. I know little to nothing about the Halloween attraction because, as you all know, as much as I enjoy Halloween, I am not at all a fan of Halloween houses. I don't go to Terror Behind the Walls or Jacob's Woods, Bates Motel or Penhurst Asylum because those events scare the crap out of me. For that reason, it was hard for me to respond when people asked questions about the Halloween and paranormal events at Penhurst, since I hadn't attended any. Last summer, some friends and I visited Pennhurst for a self-guided walking tour. That was a powerful, reverent experience, walking along the catwalks that connect the campus, past buildings that have been so significantly affected not only by time and the elements, but crime. Before the Penhurst campus was sold to a private company, the buildings were plagued with theft and vandalism. They were also used by people suffering from drug addiction. 35 years ago, the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission approved Penhurst as a site for the National Register of Historic Places, which meant Penhurst fell under the Pennsylvania History Code. I'd like to read you a few of the provisions from that code the irreplaceable historical, architectural, archaeological, and cultural heritage of this commonwealth should be preserved and protected for the benefit of all the people, including future generations. It is in the public interest for the commonwealth, its citizens, and its political subdivisions to engage in comprehensive programs of historic preservation for the enjoyment, education, and inspiration of all the people, including future generations. They have a museum assistance and local history grant program to provide funding to preserve these sites on the National Register of Historic Places. There's also a commission whose responsibilities include supervising, managing, and inspecting the historic sites, establishing outreach programs for these sites, supporting improvement initiatives. The code is 16 pages long. I'm not going to read you everything in the Pennsylvania History Code, but I will tell you, after reading everything in that document, I was hard-pressed to find one provision the state upheld when they declared Penhurst eligible for the National Register of Historic Places. But after talking with the team that supports Penhurst today, I believe they uphold the ideals and the spirit of that Pennsylvania history code. In 2010, Penhurst State School and Hospital was purchased by a man named Richard Chikagian. And with the help of Randy Bates, who runs Bates Motel, another Halloween attraction in Pennsylvania, the Penhurst Asylum attraction opened in the fall of 2010. Over the past decade, property ownership may have changed hands, but the Penhurst Asylum stayed. I shared with you the statement the Preservation and Memorial Alliance released about Penhurst Asylum back in 2010. I would encourage folks at the Memorial Alliance to sit down with the team at Penhurst. Because I believe they would be surprised to find a team of compassionate, respectful people who are dedicated to preserving Penhurst and providing education about its history. The Halloween attraction is one part of what happens at Penhurst today. Certainly, it requires a lot of manpower, countless hours of construction and preparation. But as the Penhurst Operations Manager Jim explained to me, that event lasts for two months out of the year on the weekends. There is so much more happening at Penhurst to share its history and preserve as much of the campus as possible. I met with Jim on a Sunday afternoon. I expected his would be the only other car on the grounds, but boy was I wrong. Crews work all the time at Penhurst. It isn't a Monday through Friday 9 to 5 job. Jim graciously gave me a tour of the grounds. We walked around the administration building, past the Philadelphia and Mayflower buildings. We stopped at the dietary compound, and Jim told me at one point residents lived on the second floor there because of overcrowding. Jim and I walked slowly and we chatted as we wandered along the catwalks. We spent a good bit of our conversation discussing the ways people with disabilities were treated throughout most of the 20th century. He also told me about the Camp Hill School, a private school for children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. The Camp Hill School offers residential, day academic, and pre-vocational programs, as well as therapeutic care for children in kindergarten through grade 12. They also offer transition programs for young adults between 18 to 21. This is a world-renowned school with a supportive program and a curriculum that is based in Waldorf education. That's the idea that every person has a body, a soul, and an eternal spirit. Their curriculum considers every element of those teachings. Camp Hill really is the antithesis of what Penhurst was. I was unfamiliar with the Camp Hill School, and I appreciated Jim explaining to me there is a place that gets it right. As we walked along, we stopped at the Tinicum Building, one of the more decrepit buildings on the Penhurst campus, and a few others nearby Tinicum are in even worse shape. One of the points Jim shared, is how dangerous some of these buildings have become. They've been inspected by engineers, and it was determined a few of them have to come down. The owners of Penhurst are planning memorial plaques for any building that has to be removed, something that will provide information and education while recognizing what once stood on that spot. And Jim shares more about that in our conversation. He also surprised me by telling me they offer history tours at Penhurst. You'll hear more about that too, I knew about the paranormal investigations and, of course, Penhurst Asylum, but I didn't know about these other events or about the philanthropic work the team at Penhurst does not only to preserve the grounds as best they can, but to support former residents. Jim and I talked about the museum in the Mayflower Building dedicated to Penhurst's history. Staff and volunteers spent so much time salvaging and preserving items from the grounds and the campus to be a part of this museum. A few minutes ago, I read some of the provisions of the Pennsylvania History Code. Provisions the state certainly never executed with regard to preserving Penhurst. Some people may have negative opinions about a private owner or the campus being owned by a corporation. Well, I'm here to tell you the state did little to nothing for decades after Penhurst was closed down. If it wasn't for private owners, I wonder how much of the lower campus would even still be standing. Some of you may not like the Halloween attraction and I totally get that. So does Jim and the rest of the staff at Penhurst. But there's no way you won't be touched when you hear about the work these folks are doing to preserve the legacy of Penhurst State School and Hospital. I'm Dina Marie, your host on this twisted journey. Please join me in welcoming Jim to Twisted Philly.
1: There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome Welcome to to Twisted Twisted Philly. Philly.
0: sitting here in an office in the administration building at Penhurst State School and Hospital. I'm here with Jim, who is the operations manager. Jim and I have been talking a little bit for a few weeks online, and he was gracious enough to spend some time with me today so I could talk to him about what happens today around the campus. So thank you very much for giving me some time. Thank you so much for coming. I'm really glad
1: you were able to uh, find the place. Yeah. (laughs) GPS isn't our friend. No,
0: my GPS sent me somewhere else. It was like the backside of campus, but um, I got myself turned around in the right direction. Wonderful. Wonderful. We just spent probably the last 15 minutes taking a really quiet stroll along the catwalk throughout the grounds of the facility. We had what I thought was just a really thoughtful, pensive conversation about the history here.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and quiet's such a good word for it. Despite the hustle and bustle that this place uh, experiences every fall, for the majority of the year, this place is, and as we consider it, a historic site. It is quiet because there's not a lot of loud stuff happening here. We're hosting events and stuff, but with our photo tours, our paranormal investigations, and uh, with our historic tours, it's, it's quite desolate here. It's quiet.
0: So tell me a little bit more about the historic tours. You and I chatted for just a minute or two about that when we were taking our walk. That's something that I didn't know about. And I have a feeling that a number of the listeners might not be aware that there are historic tours offered here.
1: Oh, absolutely. Late spring, summer, and then of course, during the fall, as everything happens during the fall here here at the site, we offer historic tours. Now, these tours started off very simply in design. It was, wow, people kind of want to check the place out, but they're not really photographers and interested in the photo stuff. They just kind of want to walk around. A lot of people, you know, I'll never go to the haunted attraction, and that's understandable. We are probably the best in the country, so <laughs> we may scare people away. Yeah, They want to know what's happening here, what's going on. That that place I've heard about, Penhurst, let's check that out. So starting in 2016 was the first time we started offering, and at the time they were historic tours in name only. Um, I can't misrepresent that. It was quite honestly, uh, you were led around by a guide. They named the buildings that they happened to know. <laughs> um, and you would tour around. Um, since then, we've actually developed a, a pretty good tour. It lasts about two hours. There's a one-hour guided tour by uh, one of our many guides. The entire uh, historic side of it, the, the timeline that we give you of the site, is based off of the, uh, uh, the Penhurst Memorial Preservation Association timeline. So mm-hmm. it's a very accurate and a very candid timeline of when this building was built versus that building, who lived in this building versus that building, um, what was done here. We've had great success with these tours, so much so that we actually offer the historic tour at the start of all of our paranormal investigations as a way to make sure that people who are here to explore the paranormal understand the the history.
0: I think that's really fantastic because, to me, having a context for the history of Penthurst and what some of the residents endured, I think that absolutely feeds into some of the paranormal activity that probably occurs here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and that's the, the idea of, oh, well, I heard Pennhurst is haunted. You should have a good understanding of the history. At least that's the way I feel about it. Going into a spooky house and looking for the paranormal is one thing, but coming to a site where such such massive change was facilitated from and such, such atrocities existed for so many years, it's a different ballgame. I feel it's very important that we tell the history and we tell the story because then there's a there's a sense of, uh, of respect that people derive from that. Oh, I know what happened here. Mm-hmm. As I said, it's been very successful. Um, I've, I've yet to find a, a single person who's taken the tour who didn't feel that it was a, a decent experience.
0: So you mentioned paranormal, and I know there's a paranormal event coming up.
1: Yes, there is. Uh, Penhurst Paracon. Um, and this is actually several years in the making. This year, we have... Uh, Boy, howdy! We have so many of the former ghost hunters, the TAPS team, okay. coming out this year. We have Chip Coffee coming out. It's really shaping up to be a really great weekend-long event. You'll have the opportunity, if you'd like, you can uh, purchase overnight paranormal investigations with some of the celebrities, which is kind of neat. For me, it's if you're coming to do the paranormal, I would rather do the paranormal. But hey, <laughs> rubbing, rubbing shoulders with professionals and that's that's kind of cool. You never know what you're going to see or learn. From somebody who's been around the industry, such a neat opportunity. During the day, we're going to have a great assortment of vendors. We'll be offering our historic tours. For those of you who can't walk the mile around the property, we actually offer golf cart tours, which are also done in the historic. Wow, that's terrific! The historic side of it—it's shaping up to be a really, really great weekend. Of course, you can check out uh, penhurststyle for more information. We're still accepting vendors, so it's uh, its going to be a great event.
0: How often do you have those paranormal weekends here?
1: Well, a lot of them are scheduled privately. You can just reach out to our Facebook page or our website for more information on one of those. The public events actually begin when the weather turns, normally late spring, early summer. That makes sense. And they run all the way to the fall.
0: Because there's no there's no heat.
1: There is no heat.
0: There's obviously electric where, where Jim and I are sitting here today in the administration yes. building. With but no as you walk the campus, and that's something I did this summer. I mentioned that in the two previous episodes about Pennhurst. Whatever the elements are that day or the elements that you're in. So, you know, just be mindful of that. But I I didn't realize that there were golf carts and opportunities for folks who may not be able to get around, somebody who might be suffering a physical disability. That's really fantastic that you've taken that into consideration. Um,
1: We've we've, we've tried very hard, especially knowing the history of this site. It would be just downright foolish of us and, and disrespectful of us not to try to accommodate anyone who would want to come here. During the haunted attraction... Um, I actually have a team of staff whose job is to help people that need assistance through the attraction. My crews have quite literally carried people in wheelchairs through our entire attractions. We try so hard to be accessible. If someone wants to see this site and they contact me and say, hey, Jim, I want to check this out, but I can't walk long distances. I have this problem or my, my mother's in a wheelchair or a rascal scooter. How, how can we work this out? I, come along when you get here, get a hold of me and I will make sure you enjoy this experience just as much as anybody else.
0: I feel like there's an aspect to the team that works here at Pennhurst, like yourself and so many of the people that are really busy today, that I think the average community member may not realize, just just from the conversation you and I had earlier and even sitting with you now, is the level of respect and reverence that the team here has for this site where you work.
1: That can't be overstated. Our crew here at Pennhurst, they legitimately care about this site. Now, I, I work many different places. I've worked many places and you know, you've know, you got your family atmosphere at work. Yeah. They don't like leaving. They, they love being here. They love being involved with the projects. They, they like being on site. There's a certain level of respect that our workers have grown to have for this place that is, I've never seen it rivaled anywhere else. They legitimately care that this place stays standing. They legitimately care that this place is, is remembered. As, as such a, an important hallmark in the, in the fight for equal rights for those with special needs, they care about reaching out and helping the community. I, our crew organizes food drives and they organize fundraisers and they, they do things for the community out of this desire to, hey, you may not really jive with the whole we're doing a haunted house thing, and that's cool, but we care about this place and we want to see it standing as long as it can, you know, and that's it's huge.
0: It's so apparent. Just in the short time that you and I have been chatting, one of the things we had talked about, I think, is that preservation
1: requires funds. It, it absolutely does.
0: And as as Jim and I walked around, we had looked at a few buildings that were in even greater states of disrepair than some of the other buildings on campus, buildings that are so unsafe that really the safe thing to do is to remove them. And it was so great to hear you, Jim, talk about your plans for preservation and recognizing what buildings were there if at some point after they're gone you know folks want to better oh. understand what what was standing
1: yeah one of, one of the biggest things and this is this is why i'm so proud to work for the owners that i work for owners are always going to get a bad rap you know anybody who's got enough money to buy a place like this is but i got to tell you the owners now um and it's an owner's group they are they are exceptional people and they view this place as, as once again they're their business so it's an investment but they also respect the history. They truly respect the history. And they allow us to move forward with the different programs, the historic tours and that sort of stuff. But the other side of it is when it's like, well, this building over here is, is the engineers say that we can't save it. It right. just cannot. The, the, the cost would be so astronomical that you can't. And then when we, we pitch an idea of, well, could we, if it were to come down, could we put some sort of memorial plaque there? And the response I get is not a, oh, let's think about it or, oh, we'll see. It's, wow, that's a great idea. What a, what a fantastic idea. And that's the kind of feedback we're getting from the guys who ultimately make the shots. Mm-hmm. And that makes me confident and keep pushing forward with what we're doing here.
0: So when you talk about moving forward, and I'd read that in 2017, there was a, a grant slash loan that the state gave to Pennhurst. And there was also talk that at some point in the not too distant future, sections of this compound may be used for business purposes. So I was curious about the future beyond, you know, what's, what's happening right now. As of
1: right now, to the best of my knowledge, the core of this site isn't going anywhere. The, the area basically that we walked around for all intents and purposes. People don't realize when they think of Penhurst and they've been here before, they assign Penhurst as, a, oh, well, it's just that little lower campus collection of buildings. We have acres and acres and acres. There is a lot of land here, all the way from the power plant down to the trails, belong to Penhurst. If they plan on developing things, they're going to start there. They're not going to start with ripping down and spending massive amounts of money, ripping down buildings that, I'll be honest, were built not to be able to rip these things were built strong they're made to be very difficult to take down and i know that their direction involves some of the peripheral parts of the property because you saw how hard it was to get here yeah do you you really want to go see your 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 chiropractor if you got a no detour 20 times (laughs) no that's not the way it works you know so we have large swaths of land on the perimeter that are honestly redevelopable we have large parts in here thankfully with some of these grants that we were able to get that we're gonna be able to start doing some stuff and opening other areas up. One of the big reasons that we can't allow people in the buildings is because they're contaminated. There's asbestos in some of these buildings. There is, I mean, there's lead paint everywhere. (laughs) And these buildings have to be environmentally cleared of those things and that requires a massive amount of money. Of course. That's what those grants were for. You know, these processes are in the works. Projects are being bitted and we're moving forward. Where we go ultimately depends on the success or failure of our enterprises that we're putting in place now. truth of the matter is at the end of the day the, the gentlemen who own this place are businessmen and if this complex makes the money why would they why would they not right you know and that's kind of what I hold on to I
0: think something you just said really struck a chord with me is that for people who really care about preserving Penhurst and making sure that the history gets out there and that this campus you know this this lower campus right here around the, the center courtyard, Is here for generations to come. You know, the point you made, Jim, about the events you put on needing to be successful, that really hits home. Because if you're not getting people coming to the tours, whether someone prefers a history tour or a Halloween haunted house, there's options.
1: There absolutely is. And so
0: it's really important that these events are attended. I know that there's a contingency of, of some folks who feel whatever way they feel about certain types of events. And I really respect that. But at the same time, without successful events that draw in revenue, revenue that goes back into these buildings, that goes back into doing what you were just talking about, you know, getting, scraping away all of the lead paint, getting rid of asbestos. Without yeah. that-
1: Remediation is a huge, is a huge undertaking. Yeah. And- and I know we've secured some grant money and I know we're we're bidding jobs out for different different things. And once again, I if if someone tells me, you know, Jim, I uh I don't I don't respect what you're doing. I feel you're making a mockery of the history of the of the site. I can candidly tell them that I respect their opinion. I appreciate that opinion. But ultimately, I don't want this site gone. I don't want this site to be forgotten in history. I don't want this site to be row homes. I want this site as it stands to stay standing. And I believe in my heart that the efforts that I'm putting into it, that my peers are putting into it, that my colleagues and my subordinates that we're putting into this are aiding into that, or they're building towards that. You know, and we've made some huge strides in even just trying to distance our our narrative here. I mean, our haunted house for a great number of years was a hospital-themed haunted house, you know? And we're getting away from that. We're We're much less a depiction of a, a creepy asylum than we are almost like a, almost like a Arkham Asylum now like we, we've, we've crossed yeah. the borders of inter fictional ridiculousness but people like that I mean we're pretty scary here um, yeah <laughs> and, if, and we have carried that um, in such a way with retheming to things that never existed here we uh, in 2018 we rebuilt most of the asylum um, to make it much more of a kind of a maximum security uh criminally insane type environment instead of just a asylum. And I feel that was a big step in the idea of this has never existed. You know, Penhurst Asylum is a complete work of fiction. Our morgue downstairs, um we completely redid the basement and turned it into a morgue. Not a thing. <laughs> like yeah. what's downstairs has never existed anywhere on this planet. <laughs> and then our containment, our containment is a classic military style bunker from the from the 50s, from the from the fallout era. You know, where everybody was afraid of nuclear weapons and all that. And and, and our theming keeps going to the point of, you know, we're putting on a show. And yes, you may not like the stage that we chose, but this is just a show. You know, I, I know without question that my staff has the utmost respect for everyone with special needs because we hire and employ people with special needs. I have two daughters who have special needs. There is no disrespect there. There is no, there is an idea that this has to be preserved, and we together, working as hard as we can, we're putting in the pieces to that. You know? It's making a difference. I see it making a difference. When I first came here in twenty twelve, it was made abundantly clear that they never expected this place to make it to twenty twenty. They just figured it would all fall down. And the new owners came in and things changed. We started offering tours. We started we started doing more. You know, we started giving to the community. We started doing food drives and toy drives and you know, we would, we would donate funds to people who, who needed final, final expenses, which was actually a thing. As crazy as that is, that there are former residents here who are supported by the state, um, and they have resources and health insurance and stuff. But when they pass away, there's only so much money to take care of their final arrangements. Most of them end up for, for the extent, honestly, of, of almost a pauper's funeral. And we found out about that, and certain groups came to us, and they were like, this person has passed away. Would you guys be willing to donate? And we're like, are you kidding us? Of course we're going to donate. We can help you with this. We have reached out and we try to keep building with the community. We, we want to be a force for good. We know people don't like what we're doing here. A lot of people don't. But I swear we're trying to do good.
0: I think people have a perception, or I think maybe the reason people say they don't like it is because they don't know. And that, Education I, yeah. in, in all matters can make a big difference. And you know, some of the things you've shared with me here today are activities I didn't know anything about. I'm grateful for your vulnerability and your transparency to share this because I think it's so important that folks understand just the commitment and the compassion that the team here has to Penhurst and to the community as well as to form a residence. There's so much more that happens here than just a Halloween attraction.
1: That's as true as it gets. We are a Halloween attraction for about two months of the year. For the rest of the year, this is the Penthurst State School. And the message and the history and the preservation is the forefront year-round. But for ten months out of the year, this is not a haunted attraction. Right. For two months out of the year it is, and sure enough, you know, that's that pays the bills, it keeps the electricity on, it lets yeah. it throw the grass. And yeah. We're gonna continue to hold events here mm-hmm. because people are intrigued by the site, and it's that curiosity that once we get someone here. Maybe they can learn a little bit about this place. Maybe maybe they can leave and be a little more tolerant. One of the greatest stories I have about this place, and it, it is mind-boggling to me. I don't understand. This world today is so divisive. We're mm-hmm. so divisive. We will find reasons to divide ourselves at yeah. this point. It's amazing. <laughs> and one of the most incredible things that I've noticed in my time here is that there's a Friday or Saturday in September when we fire up. And before that Friday or Saturday, I have... 200 individuals with their own thoughts and feelings and everything else, 100 different directions, and we start our season. And those people, right wing, left wing, it, you you pick the, the background, these these oil and water situations, and it ceases to exist. I cannot begin to tell you the level of acceptance that is engaged here during the, the seasons. Um, and it, it's amazing to me. Because I will literally watch them argue with each other on Facebook <laughs> right up to the season starts. And then they're just, it just doesn't exist. All that goes away.
0: Because they've got and a common ground we're, now. we're
1: common grounds. We have a common view. We're doing something we love. We enjoy this. Yeah. To me, that's, that's the hallmark of this place. This place was, for, for the extent of its existence, this place has been a collection for people that were discarded by society. People that are, were, were unwanted by society. And for the majority of it, you know, that was bad. That was very, very, very bad because they were thrown here. They were, they were discarded here. But what is carried on is that this has become a place where people who don't feel right anywhere else are okay here. They fit in here. This is a welcoming place. As long as I'm here, that's the way it's going to – that's my way. I'd like to stay that way.
0: So I have to ask you, and you've given me so much time. I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask because we've talked about some of the paranormal and obviously that there's a paranormal weekend coming up. There's a lot of folks who believe that some sections of the campus may be haunted. Have you ever personally experienced anything? And Jim's laughing as I ask him that question.
1: (laughs) So the people that work here, um, and there's several of us who are here a substantial amount of time. I've seen a lot of people have experiences. I've seen a lot of people have experiences that I believe they've had experiences. There are times when I've felt things and stuff. But ultimately, I don't believe anything paranormal here cares that I'm here. Mm. So whereas you can have a paranormal experience, whatever interacted with you or engaged with you in that experience views me as no different than the doorknob over there. <laughs> I, I truly believe that my the fact that I'm here as often as I am and that... My presence here is not one of seeking. I'm not actively engaging and looking. I'm just passing through. And I think that if there is paranormal things here, they kind of ignore me.
0: You're sort of a fixture now. I'm just kind of a fixture. I'm I'm (laughs) no different than the,
1: than the, uh, the light sconce over there. But there's several of us that kind of feel that way. And then we have other people who have had many experiences here. I have had interactions with people that I believe without question that what they experienced actually happened. During some of our investigations, they I have watched things happen, secondary, that it's completely unexplainable. For example, there was a uh, there was a television show here some time back. I was sitting in this office, and they had some cameras out in the hallway where you could watch the, these people in the show. Um, and then the sound person was sitting separately. They had phones on and everything. The sound person goes over the radio and says, guys, you have to stop moving around during your EVP session. All I'm getting is footsteps and echoing. As he says that, I'm watching them live on a feed, not moving, all sitting. So the sound boom that was with them was picking up, and we replayed it, was picking up footsteps, like many footsteps through the tunnels. Their sound recorders, their personal sound recorders, picked up nothing. And the video screen, which was live at the time, no movement at
0: all. Wow.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty cool. Um, It was definitely a really cool, like, wow, that just happened. Like, how neat is that? So I've seen these things. I've right. seen, but I've never, you know. Once again, will I catch something out of the corner of my eye? Yeah, but I'm normally so busy moving around that I can't. You don't have
0: time to inspect what, it. What was that? <laughs>
1: I don't care. We're gonna keep moving. I gotta go do stuff.
0: Well, I'll tell you. When you talk about being busy, you know, it's a it's a Sunday afternoon. It's around one ish in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time, a time when you might think this place would be super quiet not much going on and you guys are working like a monday through friday nine to five on a sunday afternoon
1: yep we have a lot going on we're doing uh some shooting now for a television uh series that's going to be airing can't tell you any more than that no i got it how that works (laughs) uh there's actually quite a quite a lot of shooting that's been going on here recently different television networks and stuff a lot of interest which is great because once again that raises the bar that's hey you got to come check this place out and then our build season starts So I I literally was here before you arrived, running around the property, mapping out what I'm going to be uh, removing in the next couple of weeks so we can start building new stuff.
0: So you guys never slow down.
1: There's a a month or two, (laughs) part of December, a little bit of January. Maybe because it's so cold. Yeah, because it's so good. It is very cold here. Well,
0: (laughs) Jim, you have been so kind and gracious giving me so much of your time today. I really appreciate the tour before we sat down to chat. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and- I think there's some some information that you shared with me that folks who listen to Twisted Philly are going to be surprised to hear. And I'm excited for them to get this education from you.
1: I'm one of the tour guides. So I'm, I'm not even just behind the scenes. Yeah. Like am, I'm actively one of the tour guides. I There's nothing I love more than walking around this property and talking about it. And hopefully your listeners will come and check us out because we've got stuff going on this summer. Um, we've got lots of n- interesting and very unique events. Um, we have a Paracon they, uh, one of the radio stations does their annual uh, beer fest here, which is a tradition. We have car shows here. We're going to be doing an overnight uh, horror-themed camp out again, which is one of the cooler things. Some of my listeners and
0: friends keep pushing me. When are we going to do a Twisted Philly paranormal investigation there? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it just depends on my schedule. But Well,
1: I'd, I'd love to work something yeah, like that Yeah, we need to talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be something I'd love to work out. But to your listeners, come out, because this place is amazing. And it deserves, it's worth being seen. Yeah. Whether you come to the Haunted Attraction, whether you come out for a photo tour, or one of our historic tours, or you come to one of our events, come out and check us out. And if you see a really, really big guy with a hat, traditionally, I'm going to wear a hat, but I'm, I'm big, I'm ogre He's not that big. I'm ogre <laughs> um, Come over and say hi, because I'm, I'm approachable, and I love talking about the place, and I love meeting people. For sure. Great.
0: Thank you so much. You're most
1: welcome. Thank you.
0: I'd like to thank Jim for the time he gave me for the tour, for the conversation, and for joining me on Twisted Philly. Preservation costs money. And a facility that has been in a constant state of disrepair since damn near the day it opened, well, that requires considerable funding. So I'd like to give you some details about events and tours at Penhurst. Start by going to their website at penhurstasylum.com. Click on Tours and Events. And you'll see the daytime history tours. Dates aren't yet scheduled, but you heard Jim talk about these tours getting ready to resume. So I'd keep an eye on that page, as dates get confirmed and posted to the website. There's also a link for the daytime photography tour that I took last summer. This is a self-guided tour where you can walk the grounds on your own. You're welcome to take as many photographs as you'd like, and you can access a few of the buildings which have been remediated. The website includes information about paranormal investigations and, of course, Penhurst Asylum. Penhurst Paracon, which you heard me and Jim talking about, runs the weekend of July 19th through the 21st. You can get more information about the event and purchase tickets at PenhurstParacon.com. Part of the conference includes an overnight paranormal investigation. I'd like to reiterate something Jim said while we chatted. Any paranormal investigations include a history tour because it's important to him, the staff at Penhurst and the owners, that people understand what happened there. It isn't simply about whether someone has a paranormal experience. The team at Penhurst want folks to understand the history. They want people to be aware of how residents were treated and the actions taken to stop what happened. I hope my conversation with Jim gives all of you a better understanding of the work that happens at Penhurst. If you're a local or from out of town but visit Philly or the suburban Philadelphia area, I hope you'll consider supporting the work at Pennhurst. If I'm being completely honest, I wasn't a fan of Penhurst Asylum for reasons beyond my fear of those events. I was one of those people who cringed at the idea of a Halloween attraction at a state school where people were abused. But I can tell you Penhurst doesn't mock or demean the people who lived there, even the people who died there. It brings in much-needed funds to remediate the buildings, to make them safe, to make repairs. I had that opinion partly because I wasn't educated. I didn't know about everything else that goes on at Pennhurst. And I'm really grateful Jim was willing to spend time with me, so thank you. As always, thank you for listening. That's it from me. Ciao for now, Twisters.